This is your host, Dr. Mensima Shabazz. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mensima's Roundtable, Conversations with Women of Power and Grace. And in my language, we say Akwaba, right? So welcome. I'm so happy you could be here with us. How are you doing? Can you Hi, Mensima. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good, thanks. Good to be here. Thank you for coming. You look so pretty. I love your colors. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. So how are you doing today? Great. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. You and I know each other very well. And would you like to share a memory? How we, um... We've been friends for years. Yes. And we, we remember we met through our daughters who were in the eighth grade. And they're both uh, 35, 36 years old now. So we've been friends since then. We've been in and out of graduations, special occasions, funerals, you name it. We've been there together, sitting together at your house, conversations, little wine sipping, but great friendship through the years. Absolutely. And I want to share a specific memory that I have. And I think probably the beginning of the friendship. We used to go to basketball. Games and our two girls at that time, I think, and I won't mention the name of the school. I don't want to get myself in trouble here. But our two girls were the only two black girls on the basketball team. Yeah. But they never saw any playtime. And we would go weekly and sit within their games. And I noticed that you and I never had a reaction to what it was that they was occurring. In other words, there was no anger. There was no frustration. We just were there to support our girls. And we would, after each game, we just walk out quietly. And I noticed that since that time, I've never seen you express anger mm. in, any, in any situation. I've never seen you angry before, ever. Is there something you do that Gets you so calm and collected all the time. <laughs> you know, is you know what when you said that to me, and then I had to reflect back on my mother, ninety-eight years old, and growing up, I used to say to her, "Doesn't that make you mad? Are you angry?" She never expressed anger. And then as I got older, and what I realized was happening was that. Her strength was in her gentleness. She didn't have to be angry. She didn't have to express any anger. And her grace was in being non-judgmental. And so I really learned that from her. And maybe I'll live to be 98 years old. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that's it. I, there's no reason to be angry, although we do need that emotion. You know, it's God-given. But we can express ourselves in other ways. And first of all, it's a human to human and realizing that things happen and not necessarily directed at you. I think that's what our gut reaction is. And then we respond in anger. But you need to step back and realize that sometimes it's not all about you. You know, and right. I think that happens when you, when you see people who are angry and then they calm down. But it served me well. You know, people say that to me all the time. Are you, doesn't that make you mad? Well, I'm concerned. Yeah, but not angry. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Now, 
as you were talking, you know, you brought your mother up and I had the privilege of meeting her as well. And one of the things that stands out to me, I think, as mothers and what we do with our girls and trying to set a strong foundation for them so that they don't get into some of the traps we didn't know uh, yeah. we got into. One of the legacies that I remember, I think your mother left with me, and I believe everybody that was around her, was her gentleness, as you said. Yes. But the openness to which she received you without any reservation, right? And with that, we were all able to feel very comfortable. I felt like I was a daughter too, mm. um, which, which is very beautiful. Now, with that, you know, women face a lot of challenges yeah. in their lives. Is there something, some challenge you would like to share with us that you overcame? Yeah, several. I won't go back over 72 years, but a couple in particular. I always had a love of museums, and it's because of my mother. And I remember at the time, Wadsworth Athenaeum was reaching into the community because they wanted people of color to be a part of the museum and show the exhibits. And so they had a program that they started for children. And my mother enrolled me. And that was my first experience being at a museum. And so when you think about our daughters and challenges, be aware of their talents and their gifts and foster that any way that you can. With my mother, by doing that, that love, even though I wasn't involved in museums after that, that love stayed with me. And it was enough to take me into my 50s, you know, and I said, I'm going to do something about this. So also by you taking action, by you being determined, your daughters see that. And so you mirror the, what you want for them and they, you know, they will follow also, one big thing that as I grew and uh, got older was that it's okay to have boundaries. So we tell our daughters, if you're uncomfortable, what does it make you feel may, maybe attractive or someone is putting you down? It's okay to have boundaries and to walk away from situations that you're not comfortable in. And also try to keep them focused on what is it that you want to achieve. And if you see, I remember a story with my oldest daughter, makeup was the rage, you know, and uh, she came home and she had this eyeliner on, she had <laughs> a red lipstick, and, and then she didn't leave the house that way. And so yeah. when she came in, I tried not to say anything, but she, uh, she, I said, you know what, Lauren, you look like an owl. I, I just want to say you look like an owl. So she was mortified, but there are ways to say, you, you don't have to yell and say, you take that off. You, when I said, you look like an owl, maybe you can soften it up or something like that. Be encouraging, even though you may be upset, just steer them in the right direction. Thank you for sharing that. One of the things that I remember very well, and and I'm I'm going to weave your bio into this as we go along, because you and I have never had scripted conversations, so I didn't want to start off that way. But one of the things that I remember about you being a mother is how loving 
everything you did was, right? So if I came into your home, and as I said, your mother represented that and you as well, and everyone in your family, I think I've spent more time with your family than uh, <laughs> over the years. Yeah. One of the things that I remember, and it's still present, that if something happened to me at, at the time we met, I remember that I was going through some health challenges yeah. and I worried about my daughter and where she, if God forbid anything happened to me, where would I, who would I want her to be with? And outside, because I don't want family to get on my case right now, but you were at the top of my list of, of leaving my daughter with you because I knew that you would love her without reservation as you would right. for your five beautiful kids. So do you want to share a little bit about the kids? And My five yeah, I, I call them my fab five. You know, I was young when I had my kids. And through the grace of God and scriptures, not, do not look to the left, do not look to the right. They could be focused straight ahead. So I knew that I wanted them to be educated. And so the first one is an attorney right now. Matter of fact, she's going to be the assistant counsel for Quinnipiac College. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. And the second one, Carla, who you know also, she is also an attorney in Arizona now for the federal government. She heads the Department of Federal Judges. And my third, Marcus, is a investment broker in Hartford. He's a director over there now. And he said something that just it touched my heart. He said he was waiting for a meeting that he set up to occur. And he was like on the 25th floor and it was just all windows. And you could see far windows, he said. And he was waiting for the meeting to start. And he said he stood there and he looked out and he gave me a call. He said, you know what my thought was? He said, my mother got me here. And he called me before the meeting to thank me, the board meeting. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that. I, said, okay, <laughs> I did something right. And so my daughter, who is good friends with your daughter, Elena, right. uh, for Eon, she's a dentist. And that's how I came to Florida, because she and her husband opened the practice down here. And I became a granny nanny. And uh, fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and my youngest is Quentin, who you know right. very well, too. And he's just become a new dad. He majored in sports business management. So all of them went to school and they followed my example. I said, I'm telling them what to do. I'm telling them, you got to get an education. You got to do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, then what am I doing? How am I setting it? an example. So that's when I decided to go back to school. So those are my fab five. And from the fab five, I now have six lovely grandchildren. That's know? nice. Yeah. And I'm fortunate to know all of them as well. So I think, yeah, uh, I know all of them. Yeah, you do. Right. So as you were talking, you mentioned spirituality mm -hmm. and you embody that spirituality. Could you share some thoughts on that and why it's important for people to have a spiritual practice? Oh, my gosh. We, in order to have peace, in order to understand your place in this world, 
and why we're here. We're here to worship and praise. Mm -hmm. And the things that I did through the years to enhance my spiritual practice, I would go into the mountains at Kripalu and I do a three-day retreat. You know, we're walking in the mountains, five o'clock in the morning. Any kind of spiritual practice that I thought the crystal bowls, um, I still do that. And I go listen to crystal bowls. Um, I go to church. I read scripture. I listen to gospel. I go to Bible study. I have to be enmeshed in that power. And like I said, in order for me to be young and have children, I had to have a spiritual practice and I was still in church and I brought them into church. And I know through the grace of God, only through the grace of God, the reason that I'm, I am where I am today, you know, and that's, that's a testimony I tell everybody. And I remember, and also to be still, just sometimes, you know, we have a monkey mind <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we, we self-flagellate, we take a room and we start beating ourselves. So we don't need anybody else to do that. We do that to ourselves. So how do you do, how do you get rid of those monkeys in your brain? You sit and you be still and you do what it takes to calm yourself down, whether it's chanting, going to retreats, going to church. And it's not a one shop or one stop. It's whatever your soul and your spirit is guiding you to. That's what you do. And sometimes it sounds easy, but it isn't because we do get distracted and we can get pulled into the world. But to maintain a sense of purpose and self, I needed to do that. I had to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you talked about all the different ways of practicing. Yes. Because sometimes I think in our relationship with the divine, we tend to um, limit ourselves to one aspect and think everything else out there is not part of it. But as you were speaking, what I heard was that you embrace different ways of connecting yes. to the divine. It doesn't have to be uh, one way and be rigid about that approach. So it, it, it allows you to really expand is, is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, and to get closer to the divine. I remember uh, one retreat in particular where we'd go into the dining hall and it was a silence. You're, you don't talk. You just, you're there for three days and you don't talk. How empowering that is. There's no sound other than in the mountains. And you see people, everybody's quiet. It gives you a sense of connectedness because you all are doing the same thing, but you don't have the distraction of, oh, where are you from? And, and what are you doing up here? That kind of thing. Everybody was up there to heal. Right. So, and that was powerful. That was powerful. Now, when you talk about connectedness, right? Because I notice right now our society or society, you know, different places in the world, we've fragmented. And it is my understanding or my personal desire to see women as holders of wisdom on this planet take their proper place in in really making sure that some of this fragmentation 
is healed. Mm -hmm. right? So how do you see women connecting with one another? Because one of the things I hear most of the time is as we are tougher on each other than we are the men, I think, where we criticize ourselves more instead of really bonding together, becoming a powerful force in managing the way things are happening, occurring in our communities and in the world. Would you share some thoughts on that? I have a macro view and I'm encouraged by the leadership, what I see as women taking their place. We have a vice president. Yes. A woman who is a minority. If you want any examples of where women are in the world, and there are other countries where women are the head of those countries, I'm encouraged. I don't see that we are being held back. Women still are fighting for women's rights, and we would be, we will be heard. And so I, I'm looking at, you know, God is still in control, and what will be, will be. And you see it manifested in the leadership in this country in particular. Women, women are everywhere and you can't stop us. You know, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. So we will be in charge. <laughs> so, you know, you think about it with Kamala Harris that she's one step away from the presidency. She could be president, okay? She could. So, yeah, she could she become could. president. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged, not, not discouraged or anything. Uh, women are in the forefront of so many different things. Scientists watch what's going on with the pandemic and the scientists and the lead scientist is a woman and is a woman of color. Right. So in other words, women are playing their roles, but it's not as magnified as it needs to be. Exactly. Exactly. Well, as as individuals, as women, we know that situation, it's not magnified, but it's it doesn't mean that it's not there. So it behooves us to research and and follow up and dig and probe so that we know women's organizations like uh, I think Emily. Yeah, that group. Have you heard of them? Emily? No. Uh, What do they do? Political action group. It's a group uh, to promote and foster women in politics. And they've been around for a few years. And you see more of that too, women running for political office. Mm -hmm. And what I like about women that they don't have, most women, and I'm generalizing, ego issues. So Emily, the Emily group got together with Georgia, Stacey Abrams and other groups to see what they were doing in terms of political forwardness and supporting female politicians or folks running for office. So I'm encouraged. Like you said, we may not be magnified. Doesn't mean that we're not doing just because we don't see. That is true. Even in my country where women play a forceful role, it's always almost like behind the scenes, right? But they're, they're equally effective. And the men step forward and do what it is that they think they're doing. But for the most part, it's run. <laughs> now you know that's the power. <laughs> so women hold power. Yeah. Right? yeah. But I think in, in our relationships, we all have to leverage something for some type of relationship. And we have degrees of it, right? So there are some who would different ways. What are your thoughts on that? 
When can you rephrase that as like degrees of leveraging? For example, in, in if I wanted a relationship and like a love relationship, any any relationship, it could be even at work, right? Mm-hmm. So we would get up and go to a workplace that is not so holistic. I've been there, I know. But in exchange for a paycheck or in exchange for whatever it is that I thought I had there, I almost diminished some of what who I am in order to fit in that spot. Right. right? And we all have had to do that at one point or another. Do you want to share some thoughts on that? Because I think it holds power and wisdom for people who find themselves in the same situations as to how they can get out of it or emerge with a different perspective. You know, the gift that we have and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you know, when you are in an environment or situation where you are feeling less than or you're running into obstacles, be you're not being promoted, or the job that you thought you would you signed up for is not exactly that job, or your coworkers are problematic. Right. And but you, the bottom line, you need that job, you need the security, and you need the money. So it behooves you to figure out: is it worth it for my sanity, for my spiritual well-being? knowing all of those things that I stay here. And I would be looking for the exit door. I I know back in the 70s, affirmative action. Mm -hmm. And so I was hired into a marketing department at AT AT&T and it was huge, but it had been mostly male, white males. And so there were a handful of us and, you know, you could feel the stares and the looks, you know. And I remember walking through and with my shoulder up, and I use curse words at that time, still do sometimes. But I would say, take your best shot because I'm here and I'm here for a reason. And all that, that mantra, I'm here, I'm going to be here and I'm doing my job. And it worked out for me because those, Christ said, kick the dust off your feet. Those who don't want and to be with you and you know interact with you or try to hold you back, that's on them. That's on them. And I, I just always felt that way, that what's for me is going to be for me. And you get distracted by that. That All of that right. is noise. Yes, it's true. A lot of noise, right? Old, I want to say our elders say that, and it's one of my favorite quotes, sometimes we think we're so smart when others are playing that card or being smart beyond everybody else, that they wake up one day and say hello to the goat. So. moving forward because I think we've been through a transition now with especially with COVID that in in our lifetimes we have not experienced anything so harsh and that really helped us to reset the button as to how we view life I think everybody should have that perspective now as we begin to step back out again, right? We still have some time to go to really get everybody healed and healthy again. What are your thoughts on some of the things we could reset that will bring us the spiritual balance that we need to move forward? Mm, In spite of COVID. In spite of COVID, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
some things that, that I've done was to make sure that even though I'm not in the physical building, brick and mortar building of a spiritual house, that I stay connected in other ways. So if there is like now Zoom meeting for a Bible study, I would definitely attend. If there is a way to give, and some a lot of times just to give, you have that feeling of release. There are other people always who's carrying a heavier cross than you. So to, to focus on that. In the time of COVID, and I always say that there's a book in the time of cholera, that we still are alive. And we, there are things that we still can do. And just reach out, see what you can do. There are people who are alone. If you, I've, I've met this gentleman who, they buy groceries and they knock on the door. If they feel somebody, you know, elderly, they will come and just drop a bag of groceries off. Right. So there's still things we can do. I, I, you know, it's horrible what's happened. I've had some family members who died from COVID. Right. Yeah. So it's not to be taken lightly, but you're still alive. There are things you can still do and know that God is still in control and that this too shall end. Another thing that my mother used to say, a witticism, and I have to keep referring back to this 98-year-old lady. Right. And she would say, you know, whatever we're going through right now, this time next year, we'll be looking back at it. Meaning don't put a lot of weight on what's happening. It's happening for a reason, but just do your part. That's true. And and I think it's really important that staying connected does not necessarily mean that there has to be a physical right. presence, right? Because we've all been kind of isolated for a while now. and right. For example, going to church and worshiping, as you explained earlier, does not have to be in a specific location, right? We yeah. can still worship and expand and express our wellness first and then helping others as well grow with that knowledge. And it's really powerful when we are connected that way. And that's, that's it, to stay connected. You know, some examples, when I was in the Northeast, I belonged to the Northeast Museum Association. And when I moved down south, I joined the Southern Eastern, Southeastern Museum Association and other groups, affiliate groups. And so, I mean, we'll, we would have on a Friday evening a wine chat. Zoom is the meeting place. Zoom is the lifeline for a lot of these organizations. It doesn't mean that you have to retreat and wallow. There's nothing to wallow about, right? I no, I, I I think you and I know, and we've been through it <laughs> over the years. There's nothing to wallow about, right. only only to celebrate. Yeah, uh, this life, and you know, I get excited just thinking about that. Like you wake up and you have health and you can breathe, and the rest falls into place. Yes, it falls into place for as long as you stay positive and let things. And yeah, we're human. There are times. This will get to us, but it's it's important to recognize that we can shift quickly from that place and really begin to see the power in in staying positive. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I can't can't talk about this without mentioning gratitude. Mm. Right. And in as we get closer, you know, this conversation can go on for Quite a bit. Oh, I know. We talk for two hours, three hours. Right. Hi, how are and you? so one of the things I wanted to 
ask is, because in my culture, in Ghana, gratitude is and grace are the two things we kind of focus on daily. And you hear it like 24-7, from sunrise to sunset. Everything we express is gratitude and grace, gratitude and grace. Every conversation starts with gratitude, grace. And by grace, I'm well. By grace, I would be able to do this. By grace, you know, we received and blessed, right? And we express gratitude in the, you know, folks who also bring something to our lives. It doesn't matter how big it is or, you know, it's just the small things. Somebody stopped to say hello to you and you are so grateful. Somebody stopped to uh, bring you some food and you're grateful. You're just grateful for somebody's presence, right? And or even in speaking, we, we get people to really share their wisdom as you're doing today. So I want to touch base on that and see how that plays into power mm. as women. You mean gratitude and grace. Right. Gratitude and grace. You know, this, I say every morning, and when I get up, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Right. And starting the day that way. And women, can we, we are very powerful. In that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's always, it always comes back to me as mindset. And what are we grateful for? You can do some things that are practical. You can create, you can write a journal. You know, I'm grateful for this. Or you have a jar, you write down on scrap paper. What is it that you're grateful for today? I'm grateful that it's, I'm going to see my grandchild today. It can be small. It doesn't have to be huge. And it just just makes your heart swell. Yeah, I, I have that to be thankful for. I mean, the house could be falling down and everything else, but the focus is, what is that joy? What are you joyful about today? Maybe it's just that, oh, I don't have to go to work. I can sit in Netflix all day. You know, this is a good thing. So you look at everyday things that happen in your life and where something has to give you joy. If you walk by a flower, it has to give you joy. There's joy all around us. We can focus on other things. And then sometimes, you know, we're slapped back into the realization that you ought to be thankful. You ought to be grateful. And I, I hear that sometimes because we can get caught up in the news. So all the things that are just negative. But what are we grateful for? Are you grateful for a roof over your head? clothing, shelter, basic things, basic things. I'll give you an example. I got a gift in orchid. I don't know anything about orchids. And a friend gave gave it to me. And the thing looked like it was dying. And I'm like, I don't want to kill it. The friend gave it to me. What do I do? And so I have a cousin who has a yard full of orchids. And she says, Yvonne, she said, did you know in St. Augustine, there, there's a, a National Orchid Society. Well, I'm like, I don't want to kill my plant. I only got one plant. And they had a session on how to repot, okay? So I took my little plant to this group session. Let me tell you, I had so much fun, you know? 
I, and I brought my plant back. I learned something. They gave me another plant, invited me to join the organization. That's because I didn't want my plant to die. And so, you know, you take those little things, what that gives me joy to see that it's blooming. So how do I keep it that way? Do I just sit and wish, oh, I hope it doesn't die. I hope it, you got to be proactive. You got to follow your insignificant, maybe to others, joys in life. Whether it's, oh, I love my nails painted bright red. Go get them painted bright red. So, and I'm grateful for that opportunity to follow any dream or any thought that you have, passing thought. And usually that's a big thought, but we downplay it. But the Holy Spirit will keep bringing it back to you for you to act on it, whatever that is. And so I have my lovely orchid that's blooming and I didn't kill it. You know? So that's, that's great, that. right? That's beautiful. <laughs> So one one of the, as you were talking about joy, right? And I am thinking, okay, you, you mentioned about this new being in love. And oh, you, and you, 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 you <laughs> <laughs> I have to go there. I have to go there. I am so thrilled for you. So could you share a little bit about how it makes you feel and how it fits into everything? Gratitude. It's all about, like I said, following and taking chances. What brings you joy? Now, we know that this is a time of COVID. How in the world do you meet somebody and fall in love? COVID. And it's a dear. I'm 72 years old. And so been divorced for, it has to be at least 18 years. Uh, have not dated. Wasn't even thinking about it. I was taking care of my 98-year-old mom. And once she passed three years ago, I was encouraged. You're such a lovely person. I get this from everybody. Uh, Are you dating? I'm like, I'm 70 something years old. I, you know, I'm done. I'm done. And so I took a chance and I actually, I went on a dating website. And so I had a family member, Jasmine, she's looking at my picture. She said, wait, post this one. Post. I'm like, what do I do? She says, just swipe left, swipe left. What does that mean? You know, it was just basic. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went on a website for seniors, you know, and it took a while. But like one of my friends said, you got to kiss some frogs before you get to the prince. Like, you know, my lips will be raw by the time I get to a prince. But in the time of COVID, I did find love. And okay, so how do you connect other than Zoom, do you want to meet? For me, I'm at the beginning of the end. I'm in my third age. So I don't have time to play around. So what we did, (laughs) (laughs) we both got tested for COVID. And then we met after a month of talking. So it's been eight months that we've been talking. We share uh, so many things. And one of the most important things to me uh, was a third conversation. I said, would you go to church with me? I had to know if he was a spiritual person because other than that, we you have to be evenly yoked in whatever is important to you, whether it's sleeping late in the morning, you like Netflix, whatever is important to you, you got to make sure that that is important to this person too. So when I asked him that, I said, and I was waiting for an answer, I said, um, would you attend church with me? 
He said, any place that the word of God is being preached, I will go. I said, okay, this is my man. Right. You know? And you just know. But yeah, I'm excited about it. My scripture is Job 8, 7. What does that scripture say? That your latter years will be better than your former years. And what starts out small will be great to just hang in there. Exactly. As we close here, and I, you know, I want to ask you, so I invited you on as a woman of power and grace. What are your thoughts on that? Who is a woman of power and grace? I know what I think, but. Well, who I'm going to say, and I thought about this, I'm looking around, you know, women in the media, who is doing this? And my mother was a woman of power and grace. Okay, she was a motherless child raised in the country on a farm. She learned how to drive on a tractor and she grew up through depression era. And we, she, she always had this, I didn't have a mother. I didn't have a mother. So she mothered us. And I look back at her and her power was, like I said, in her gentleness. Her power was in her faith. She took four of us. We have, she had four kids. We all slept in one bed with her, but she kept on going. She kept on going. The next thing I know, we're in this little apartment. We moved from the country and she was always just inching her way up, inching her way up. And she always had us covered as a mother hen. So I looked at her and, and you know, at times when you're growing up and you're a teenager and you, you, you know, talk, I don't want to be like my mother. But as I got, got older, I understood that her power was in her gentleness. Her grace was in being non-judgmental, And because of that, oh my gosh, she, in her 90s, she had friends who were 30, 40. They would always come over. They would crochet together. They'd pick her up. They'd go to lunch and dinner. They'd be talking on the phone. And it was this ever-revolving friendship that she had when, wherever she went. So what I get now is, Mom, you're like a Nana Junior. I said, what do you mean? You're always <laughs> talking to people. Said, you know, people were attracted to her. That was her power, being gentle. And, you know, I said earlier that the monkey mind and the noise, and sometimes it just... Just be still. Just sit a minute and be still. Turn off any kind of stimulus, like whether it's TV, radio. Sit still and be with yourself and see and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to you. And then you you evolve from that feeling that, you know, I'm safe, I'm at peace, I'm secure. And I think others will feel that, that it's safe for them to share safe for them to open up to you that they won't be judged but you have to start that way yourself you have to find that strength within you and it will just come out it just comes out so power and grace that would be my mother you know at 98 years old still strong mind jokes friendship she stopped driving i think she sold her car when she was something like 88 something like that <laughs> she had a pt cruiser you know, and the wheels on it. She's like, ah, I think I'll sell it. Well, why are you selling it? Uh, because uh, I need new tires. Like, where are you going? But she, that's her attitude. And she said, too, she used to say, when she turned 90, I said, oh, how does it feel to be 90? And her response was, 
I've never been 90 before. I don't know. You know, that that kind of attitude. And so, yeah, definitely. I'm not going to say anybody who's out in the news media. I know where power, I know where I got my power from. I know where I got my grace from. And that's from a woman who started out small and motherless and had to learn for herself. That's strength. That's beautiful. I had, the, as I said, the privilege of meeting her and spending time with her. And I remember what you're talking about, just feeling right part of who she was. And she was so loving. It, it, it's one of the things we all should aspire to being because it's within our beingness, the ability to be with our own selves that oh. we can express love outward, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't like who we are, anything we put out there is just... That takes work and that takes purpose. Right. You know, to identify that you are not feeling strengthened, you're not feeling confident, you know, so... I always look at that. The Holy Spirit is talking to me. So what do I do about it? And then you ask, you sit still, you know, what is it that I need? What should I do? You know, and it's always, well, I can just speak for myself, just tuning out the extras. Even if, you know, you have friends who say, well, I think you, you know, maybe take this route. You, You have to know for yourself. You have to know for yourself. And you will hear. You will hear. I remember a tough situation I was going through. Oh, my gosh, I was crying. I just was distraught. And I had a rocking chair. I turned off all the lights. And I sat there. And I rocked. And I rocked. And I rocked. I hear the small voice says, be still. And know that I am God. Mm. Never forget that. Right. I think I just got chills. <laughs> I am so, so grateful to you. And, and you know, when we start talking, we can go on forever. And the only thing that's missing is our glass of wine. Well, we, we, we thought we could, we could bring it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is not going to be the only time. So I'm hoping that the wine will show up one of these days and we would have a drink yeah. together. As no, you my very first guest on Mess Mess Roundtable mm-hmm. and praying for more conversations in the future. But I really want to thank you for being here and being with us. And if you have any final thoughts you want to share, uh, I think you did so beautifully on that note of being still mm-hmm. and knowing. Yes. That knowing where your strength comes from. Exactly. exactly. It's going to come from within. Right. Maybe, should I ask anybody who wants to make a comment or? First of all, thank you. I'm going to start with an apology because I'm always on time for everything and I wasn't able to do it. But offline, I will share with you, Mensa, a why. So it's a good reason of me looking for good and pushing out of my own comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you. It's such a, a beautiful opportunity. And you're you don't need wine, you two. You just, <laughs> you just project beautiful yeah. energy. And the fact that I'm like running around putting my blackout shade down and nobody's like looking at me says something <laughs> about style and grace. Yeah. And that welcoming energy. So 
I just want to say thank you. And I feel like I had to step up and say something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always vetted with everything, like the, the lighting, the shade. But today I was like, just go and show up. Yeah. Like, that I was going to do my best. So thank you yes. very, very much. You're quite welcome. Thank I'm you. Thank you for. Hi. We have a little bit of noise in the background, so I apologize, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for, for today. It's actually really a message that I put out on my own social media page today was pretty much about work, doing the work within and that when you exit the world, everything will just fall into place because you you have that goodness inside of you. And so hearing that message reiterated right here was really touching. So I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Beverly, you want to join us? I just want to say thank you. This is my first time with this group here, and it's it's really powerful. It's it's a lot of the things that you have talked about, Ivan, is are some of the things that I have experienced in my own life. Being still, finding the power within, and knowing your source of power that it comes from. Yes. It comes yeah. from the divine, and talking about people who have influenced your mother and stuff like that. It's so very important. And I always think of not giving my kids possession, but giving them a spiritual legacy. And that is what your mother gave you, a spiritual legacy. And it is so heartwarming that you are continuing to do the same. And that is something that is lasting and it pays dividends. So I want to thank you for being here and for being yourself, being authentic. And it comes through in your delivery, in your demeanor, in everything. And you're truly a woman of power and grace. And I do thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Jules, yeah, go ahead. I want to build on your comment about your mother and what the, the young lady before me just talked about. We live in a culture that we're all so celebrity and big all the time when we say, who are your heroes? And you appreciated the biggest hero in your life, which is your mother. And I think that's part of what we need to do is not, it doesn't take away from the achievements of the people that we right. hold in high regard, but just to recognize the, 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 the beauty of some of the people that are around us, the local heroes, the people that made an impact. I remember taking a leadership assessment for an interview in one company and they I, they asked me, who do you like? And I went, I thought my husband had great leadership qualities. And I know at the at that time, there was this pause mm. of like a reaction. I was supposed to say Jack Welch. I was supposed to right. say all these big people, but I explained my reason. I didn't get the job, but... <laughs> <laughs> But it was probably for a good thing. But I was true to who what I thought meant as a leader in my world, in the work I was doing. So that lesson you're sharing about the big things that your mother did, mm. small, I think is something we all could get in the better habit of doing. You know, that and the gratitude part is so important. So thank you for listening. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I'm a believer of looking at the small things. And mm. as I quoted before, uh, Joe. Of small things, we start out small. Your latter years shall be better than your former years, and they will be great. Mm -hmm. And it's you think the visual is of a mountain. We don't just start at the top. You you go through life's struggles, um, 
steps, whatever we all do as human beings. And they're small steps, but we're trying to get to the top. And those, you know, that those are gifts, because if we don't get to the top, then we haven't experienced life in all its complexities. And that's just my thought. And that's, that's the ultimate goal, is that I just keep on going, keep on going with faith, the love of my family. And then those things seem small, but they're stepping stones to greatness, you know, acknowledge them. You know, and of course, acknowledge your spiritual practice and work at it. It takes, takes right. yeah, it takes time. Oh yeah. yeah, yes, and also for it to experience the it manifesting right in front of you. Oh yeah, as, as you develop, things just play out right in front of you, and what I call the jaw dropping awesomeness of knowing that's that presence in in your experience right so i want to we, we spent an hour together oh and that's <laughs> nothing for us <laughs> right that's nothing we usually go longer than this but i want to close by saying that you have played a very important role in my life and that of my daughters and as i said if i wanted to give my daughter you know to anyone on this planet you at the top of the list, because I know as you talk about your mother's love and grace and power, that you show that same, you exhibit that same power and grace and love in your life. And it's so comfortable and it's so loving that it made, it made my life blossom in so many other ways. So I thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me. And I'm sure we'll have many more conversations after this. But, you know, for this session, I think we are going to close as everybody else is out doing something that will take the wisdom you shared with us and let it be a part of who we are moving forward. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Midasi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you all for Have coming. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you.